0: Amen. How you doing, Peyton? Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, man, what a, what a beautiful way just to begin uh, declaring that truth. And after uh, Easter break, hope you all had a good time uh, and hope it was a restful, replenishing, restorative time away. Um, Much needed, I'm sure, as we are uh, heading into our final three weeks of chapel. Uh, And so there's only 13 chapels left. Um, Really excited about this week as we reflect on the resurrection power of Jesus. And I can't think of a better way to do that than to hear some specific testimonies of how um, some students in our, in our very own community have experienced the resurrection power of Christ. And so we're going to be uh, hearing two student testimonies today. Uh, tomorrow, here in chapel in this room, our um, average age is actually going to increase dramatically because we have about 200 grandparents that are visiting their students that will be sitting here and there. Uh, we have Pastor Heather Fleece from Wooddale Church that will be uh, Sharon, Thursday, I'll be back here in this room. There's a prayer chapel, and then Friday, uh, we'll be singing and celebrating uh, as we conclude the week with uh, being led by one of our student bands. So uh, for this morning, I want to introduce both students that have been sharing testimonies, pray for them, and then uh, let them take over. So the first student that's going to be sharing this morning is Ethan Anderson, and he is a sophomore... Sophomore marketing major, loves writing movie reviews and having deep conversations uh, about the Lord. And uh, uh, was blessed to get a chance to get to know him over these last several months and hear about his story and journey. Excited for him to share. And then our second student is going to be is sharing is Shanya Castillo, and senior psychology major. Uh, she grew up in South Minneapolis. Loves loves donuts, ice cream cake, and Jesus. That is a good secondary trinity right there, right? Um, Just kidding. And the thing she's going to miss most about uh, uh, leaving here in just a month is her friends. And so obviously we have great support from both Ethan and Shania. Let me pray for them, and then uh, I'll uh, invite Ethan to come up to begin sharing. Father in heaven, we thank you that you say in your word in Revelation 19.10 that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I pray that as Ethan and Shania share, that there would be a prophetic element in their sharing in that while they testify about your resurrection power that they have encountered and experienced and are experiencing in their lives, that it would position and posture us as those who hear to receive your resurrection power in new ways in our lives. May, may, we, may, may we be mutually built up and encouraged as we get to simply just share and celebrate that Jesus is risen, that the tomb is empty, and that Satan's sin and death has been conquered, and that we can live victorious and a victorious, abundant life. So further equip us today as both Ethan and Shania share. Fill them afresh with your spirit and speak your words of truth and life through them. We pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen.
1: Whats up, everybody. I am so happy to be here sharing with you today, uh, and I'm not going to lie to you. Today. I'm going to get super vulnerable and just lay out honestly, like how God completely transformed my life and changed everything around, uh, because that's what the cross does. That's what the resurrection does. It doesn't go half measures. It takes everything and turns it fully around. And that's what God has done in my life. So starting off, just into my own personal testimony. Uh, I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, My dad is a missionary, and my mom was really involved with missions as well. So that was super awesome. I had awesome support when I was growing up, but it also had super big shoes that I had to fill. Uh, I kind of let a lie get into the back of my head when I was really young that uh, Satan told me and spoke in my life that you are good, but you're not enough, and you're never going to be enough. So, as a result of that, I would find myself trying to validate my, myself to myself and uh, validate myself for others. And it just led me uh, down a pit because, as many of you know, that does not go anywhere. There's never going to be enough validation you can receive from yourself. The only validation that you should be receiving is from the Lord and from who he says that you are. Uh, but we'll get to that part later on. So, I, uh, I let that lie just kind of build up in my life. I would pursue the Lord at church and at youth group, but really, God just had a small piece of my life. He didn't have the, full, the fullness of my life. And uh, as many of you know as well, that does not work. Jesus wants everything. He wants us to lay our lives down to him just as fully as he laid down his life for us. Uh, so uh, as a result, as I went through life, I had some struggles that happened. Uh, specifically, in my junior year of high school, I had two really bad breakups right back to back and after the first one i really just decided to stop pursuing faith the the parents had forced it and i was just very upset and angry at them and at god so at that moment i stopped pursuing faith and started pursuing uh this non-christian girl started getting involved in some sinful activity with her and uh the a few months later the exact same thing happened and uh uh, a breakup happened that was forced by the parents, and it just left a huge gaping hole in my heart that God wasn't occupying, and now these relationships weren't occupying. So something was going to fill it, and it just happened that that summer started getting involved with drinking, uh, and that continued as I came to Northwestern for PSEO. Uh, slowly it kind of just kept increasing and increasing, and I would do it just to numb out my guilt and my pain from my past. Uh, and all of that culminated. Eventually, I was drinking every day of the weekend, parts of the week as well, hungover all the time. Life was miserable. And uh, I eventually got caught drinking in the dorms, as some of those people over there would remember. And uh, I'm thankful for the Lord for that night. Uh, my BAC was so high that they almost took me to the hospital for alcohol poisoning. And uh, I really believe that it was the Holy Spirit saving my life that night because if I had kept on drinking without being caught, it easily could have been the night that I had died. But that's not the plan that God had for my life. Uh, so ended up going on academic probation, and I stopped drinking, but I didn't fill that hole in my heart with the Lord. So I started smoking weed second semester, and really that increased even faster than alcohol did and uh, by the end of the school year, I was smoking weed two or three times a day, sometimes even more, massive amounts all the time. And uh, I failed one of my classes, I broke every rule you could imagine in Northwestern, and was not planning on coming back at all. Uh, So school year ended, I went back home, and I knew that I was addicted to the drugs, but I didn't want to stop the lifestyle that I had been living, I was comfortable in my sin. So I told my parents that this is what I'm doing and I don't plan on stopping, and it just really hurt and deteriorated my relationship with my parents. Probably the worst part of everything was that because I had been so close to my dad, so close to my mom, and uh, I'm the firstborn, so they hadn't dealt with anything like this before, Uh, and so that was just really tough. And really from that point on uh, is really when my addiction took off. I don't know if you guys know amounts. I hope you don't, but I'm sure that some of you do. Uh, to put it in perspective for you, I was buying and smoking through an ounce of weed every five days uh, and started getting into some harder drugs as well. So I was doing LSD. I was looking for harder stuff. Couldn't find it, thankfully. But LSD kind of increased over time as well. Uh, I was feeling depression and anxiety. I did not want to be alive. I uh, was having questions about whether God even existed. I hadn't, had not had that until the summer, but I was not even believing that God existed. Uh, and I just, everything was crashing down. Uh, but I knew that I couldn't stay at my home any longer. It had just gotten too awkward between my parents. So I was on the fence between two decisions. I was either going to pack everything in my car and just road trip out west, run away from my problems, run away from my addiction or I was gonna go to treatment and get sober and uh, I'm telling you guys I was this close to just running away from everything and I have no doubt that I would have ended up at Skid Row somewhere, just wasting away floating through life, but once again that's not the plan that God had for my life and with the tiniest sliver of hope, I checked into Teen Challenge on July 26th and God radically changed my life around Like, just met me exactly where I was. He spoke truth to the lies that I had been believing about myself. He said that I already gave you the value that you needed 2,000 years ago when I told you that you were enough. When I laid down my life and emptied myself fully, that you would know me and that I would be with you. That is all the validation I need. And I would tell you guys as well, that is all the validation that you need. You might find yourself trying to receive your validation from how other people think about you or how you see yourself. It doesn't go anywhere. He already proved it to you 2,000 years ago. You are valuable. My pastor on Sunday said it this way. You are so valuable that it was worth having God bled shed to show you your value. That is how valuable you are, each and every single one of you guys. So... Uh, just at Teen Challenge, completely changed everything around. I was not planning on coming back to Northwestern, uh, but I had one night where I was really feeling like that was where God was calling me. Uh, I started having a hunger for the Word again. I dug into the Word. I dug into prayer and started to enjoy being in God's presence. That started to be what was running my life and fulfilling my life. The Lord gave me a, a word of knowledge about who my roommates were going to be by giving me the last name of one of my roommates. And they've blessed me and uh, made my life so enjoyable, just being some of the most kind-hearted and uh, supportive people that I know. So that was uh, incredible. And, uh, yeah, I can honestly say that the last nine months, nine months of sobriety will be this Friday for me. And those months have been literally the best months of my life. God has completely switched everything around. I'm stepping out in ministry. I'm sharing my testimony with whoever I can uh, in the hopes that people can receive hope that that they can be brought back into God's kingdom after having fallen away. Uh, I know that there's some of you here today that maybe you hear my story and you say, oh, some of those boxes check off for me. Only I haven't seen my transformation yet. Uh, I'm too far gone. There's nothing that, that God could want with me anymore. And I'm telling you, that is a lie from the enemy. You have such value to him. And I can promise you this, he is never going to stop pursuing you. No matter how far that you run, you try and fill that hole in your heart, he is the only thing that can fill that hole in your heart, and he is never going to stop pursuing you, ever. So rest in that truth. Believe that today. I just proclaim that over Northwestern. in the context of the grave and the resurrection, thinking about that, uh, our response, the only way that we can respond to a love like that that Jesus showed us, we can't go half in, in, in it either. We have to go fully in. We have to be fully and radically invested in in pursuing God with the same zeal and passion and jealousy that he pursued us. So I just proclaim that over our community that we shouldn't be halfway in and halfway out. I can see it coming to Northwestern, a day when everyone is fully pursuing the Lord. Fully, uh, unapologetically, everything is laid down. We are completely chasing after God with the same zeal that he pursued us. So believe that and pray for that and and look for practical ways to get involved and to do that as well. Um, If you have some of the same struggles that I do, There are resources for you. Reach out to me. Reach out to your friends around you. uh, And reach out to the Lord. Because as I said earlier, he is never going to stop pursuing you. And your value to him does not change based on your decisions. Your value is still inherent to him. Um, Yeah. Thank you guys so much. That's all the time that I have. Uh, Yeah. God bless you.
2: whoever said over there my name is Shania and for my testimony I have chosen three words that I will begin with each piece of my story and there will be a verse that follows and so the first word that I have chosen for my testimony is protector Isaiah 71 6 from birth I have relied on you you brought me forth from my mother's womb I will ever praise you and the reason I chose protector in that specific verse was because the Lord has been protecting me from day one. I was born to very young parents, and when my parents found out about me being on the way, my father immediately told my mom to have an abortion, and my mom said no. And when my mom told me that story, I was a believer at the time already, and I was like, wow, since day one, the Lord has been just on me and just being my protector. And when I was on the way, I'm very stubborn and I've been stubborn since day one because my mom had complications when I was on the way and she ended up having to have a C-section. And the reason was because I had my umbilical cord stuck to my neck and my mom said that I was close to dying. And So when she told me this again, I was like, okay, you have been honestly protecting me from day one, because um, after the C-section, they were able to get me to breathe, and I was able to be a healthy baby. And so that just really continued to show me that God was being my protector. Um, At the age of three, when this time my brother was seven months old, he was only a baby and I was only a toddler. Um, you know toddlers, they, they're they just bad. Um, so I don't know if it was just me being a toddler or if it was just, this has been a part of my story, but um, at this time in my life is when my father chose to walk out on our family. And when I was three and my brother was seven months old, my mom was actually living, with my dad's side of the family. Um, My mom is originally from Nicaragua and all her family was back home. And so this was a very scary time for my mom because she didn't really have anyone except my brother and I. And as a now single mom, she didn't know where to go. She didn't know who to turn to. She wasn't a believer. And so this was very difficult for her. And many of her friends encouraged her to seek out help in Minneapolis. And she did just that. When we moved to Minneapolis, I was around seven or eight years old, and we immediately were partnered with a social worker whose name was Gisela Olson. And Gisela is, at the time she was a social worker, and now she's a therapist. She's a huge reason why I chose the field that I did, which is psychology, because she did more than just help our family. She became part of our family, and now she's my mom's best friend, which is just a huge testimony. And Gisela led us to the church that I attended from the age of eight till I was 15. And that church is called Mount Sinai. David and Leo, if any of you know him, his dad's a pastor there and I actually that's where I was rooted in my faith. Gisela also she directed us to Hope Academy which is a small K-12 Christian school in South Minneapolis and I attended that school from second grade up to my senior year and this is where my faith began. I began to learn about God and for so long I grew up thinking that I wasn't worthy that I shouldn't have been born because my father chose to walk out and maybe if I would have been born, maybe if my brother would have been born, my dad would have tried to make it work with my mom. And so my school and my church was teaching me otherwise. My church and my school was teaching me that it wasn't my fault and that the Lord had planned me from the moment that my parents conceived me. And so I accepted Jesus and the biggest reason I accepted Jesus was because I knew that I needed healing in my heart. I knew that I had been broken from my past and from the lies of the enemy. And so I just began at the age of 12 to take steps towards becoming closer to my youth group and just doing more at school to be able to learn more about my faith. And so at the age of 12, I accepted the Lord and it was really, really good because I was able to let go of so much of the pain that my father had caused me. And I was able just to feel Redeemed, and so, moving up to high school, high school was you know it was okay, um, yeah, you know, I was only captain on my soccer team. We only lost like a game ten to zero, like it was no big deal, um, so the Lord really like did a lot, He put me in a lot of places that I never saw myself in, and so being a daughter of a single parent being daughter of an immigrant being daughter of God it just really showed to me so much because I would look at my circumstance and I would say I can't do it I can't do that like it just I would look at my circumstance and just like not see a way out but then I would look at God and I would look at the way that he's already brought my family so far that he brought us out from My grandma's home, where we weren't loved, to Hope Academy and to my church. And so I thought about going to college my senior year, but it wasn't really in the picture because I was like, I can't afford it. This seems impossible. And so I applied to Normandale Community College in Bloomington. And in September of my senior year, it's a community college. Like, I was accepted because it's community college. yeah, so I enrolled and I like was already like looking at classes to take. So I was like, okay, I'll work from I'll work and I'll go to a community college, like I'll make it work. And so then in like October of my senior year, this guy named Marquise Dixon comes into our college advisory class and starts talking about this scholarship called Act 6. And Act 6 is a full tuition, full knee scholarship. At the time, it was for Northwestern, Bethel, and Augsburg. And I actually had visited Northwestern my senior year, and my math teacher, who I had a good relationship with. Funny enough, I hate math, but I just had a good relationship with my math teacher. And so he really encouraged me to apply to Northwestern. I was like, did you look at the tuition price? Yeah, not doing that. And so he's like you should still apply and then X6 came along and because I always kept seeing myself unworthy I was like they're probably it's a full tuition full need they're probably looking for a 4.0 my science and math grade ain't looking too pretty so I was like let me just sit back and like continue like thinking about Normandale and so then Lisa she is our college advisor and she was like what's the worst that can happen is you just don't get it and you move on. And I was like, you're right. And so I applied for it, and I went through the process of x 6. Long story short, I got the scholarship, hence why I'm here. Um, and honestly, that has been one of the biggest things. Um, God being my provider, Second Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, Having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And this verse speaks so much because I didn't think that I was going to be able to do X, Y, and Z in my life, but God made a way. I didn't think that I was going to be able to go to college, and God made a way. And when I got to Northwestern, God provided me with some of the most amazing people I have ever met. For the longest time, I didn't really have strong female friends because, like I said, high school is like, eh. And so when I got here, I, like, asked the Lord my freshman year, I was like, Lord, I really want to be able to grow in my sisterhood here at Northwestern. I want to find friends who are about it, who are about reading your word and who are about praying. And, like, some of them are here today, and they've honestly, like, helped me so much. Um, And I just want to thank them for that. I have been given mentors here, Marquise and Myra, Benny and Miriam, my coach who is here. She's my soccer coach. And now she's my mentor. She, like, helped me get my license. And so if y'all need any lessons, like, that you can charge them, though. Um, yeah, so I got, like, driving lessons from her. Christina Rodriguez, who actually works here at Northwestern. Like, God has provided me here at Northwestern with so many people who have just spoken so much truth into my life. And the moments that I've fallen back on my lies, they're there to, like, pick me up. And so my third word is perfecter. Isaiah 71, 20 though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again from the depths of the earth. And so the reason I chose perfecter is because my father's absence scarred me in many ways. The Lord has blessed me with so much, but I'm human and I have my struggles. And so it distorted, like I said, the way that I viewed myself, but It also distorted my views on relationship and more so marriage. And so for the longest time, I told my mom, I was like, I'm never going to have a boyfriend, I'm never going to get married because all men are X, Y, and Z. So I just was like a very stubborn little girl. I hated that my mom would ever have boyfriends. And so it was just a tough time for my mom because the reason I had all these views was because my mother suffered from physical, verbal, and emotional abuse when I was a little girl from my dad. And as I got older, like, my dad was out of my life, but he didn't change. And not seeing change, it really scared me because I was a believer that now, and I was like, Lord, if I'm able to be redeemed, like, why is it so hard for my father to be redeemed? And crazy enough, my brother graduated high school in 2015, and the same day that my brother graduated high school, the same day my grandma told my brother that my father accepted Christ. And yeah. So that was just a huge testimony because for so long I had prayed that the Lord would just redeem just my whole family, and little by little he's doing that. And so what I want to leave you guys with is that so many times we want people to be a certain way because it's what we need in order to in order it's what we think we need in order to be completed. For so long I asked God why he allowed my father not to be a part of my life. I thought my life would have been complete if he had been in the picture because at times I felt empty and abandoned. The truth is when we stop looking at people to complete us, we realize God will be the only one who can fill the void in our lives. When we feel empty, He knows our wants and needs better than we know ourselves. The moment we stop looking The moment I stopped looking to my father for everything that I thought that was wrong with my life is the moment I began to see my world differently. I realized Jesus was my provider. He was my protector and my perfecter, and to this day remains to amaze me of how much richer my life can be when I allow his truth to overcome my lies. So, in conclusion, if it wasn't for my dad walking out of my life, if it wasn't for just him choosing to leave, my mom would have never moved to Minneapolis. I would have never gone to church. I would have never gone to Hope Academy. I would have never heard of Marquise and the Act 6 program. I would have never gone to Northwestern. And now, as a senior who is graduating, I would have never heard of Treehouse, which has provided me with a full-time salary job two days after I graduate. So, yeah, all to say, There are a lot of broken pieces to our stories. There are a lot of broken things that we go through that we might want to put that blame on that particular person. We might want to put that blame on that particular pain. But when we start looking to the cross and we start looking to the things that, okay, God put me through this for a reason, and it's so I can share my story and strengthen someone else, and so I just want to encourage you all to not look at your brokenness as a bad thing, but look at it as a strength. Look at it as a way that God can be glorified, because through that brokenness, God can heal you, and he can redeem you, and like we've been talking about just this idea of resurrection in order to be resurrected, we have to go through the brokenness first. Jesus had to die on the cross before he could be resurrected. And so just, in, just an encouragement to you all, just to not look at your brokenness as a bad thing, but look to the cross and look to the Lord because he is able to do so much more when we turn our eyes on him.